Welcome to today's episode of Mommies on a Call. This week, I had the opportunity to chat with Emma Isaacs, who is the founder and CEO of the multi-million dollar empire Business Chicks, Australia's largest community for women. She is also the author of Winging It, which just released in the U.S. last week, and a mom to six. Yes, I said six kids aged 11 and under, including her newest baby, who is only three months old. In fact, Emma live-streamed his home birth from her living room with tens of thousands of viewers tuning in to watch his arrival. During this episode, we talked all about how work gives her energy, how she combats mom guilt, why she hasn't quit working after six kids, and how she decides to say yes and what to say no to. We discuss what her home life looks like behind the scenes and the reasoning behind why she live-streamed her home birth. But I think my favorite part of this episode was when her daughter actually walked in mid-recording despite even a sign on the door saying, Mommy's on a call. So without further ado, I'm really excited to bring Emma onto the show this week. Welcome to Mommy's on a Call, your sacred space to laugh, learn, and feel like a real grown-up human for a hot minute. I'm Stephanie Uchima Carney, a mom of three under six, serial entrepreneur, business strategist, and donut connoisseur, just trying to get through the day one cold cup of coffee at a time. I believe that with more intention, a positive mindset, and self-care, it is possible to thrive in motherhood, business, and life. My mission is to uncover the daily rituals, life lessons, real life tactics, and favorite tools to inspire and empower you, mommy, to get the most out of life every single unpredictable day. So grab your headphones, tell your kids you're on the potty, and tune in weekly for some laughs, knowledge bombs, and plenty of real talk with real moms, and maybe a dad or two. Welcome to the Mommy Pod. Emma, welcome. I'm so happy you're here. You just released a new book because by the time this airs, your book will be out in the US. It comes out September 15th called Winging It. And I read through it. And honestly, like you spoke to my soul. Every single thing you said, I was like, yes, thank you for putting it out there. (laughs) There was a lot of content in there, but a lot of great tips. So definitely go out and read that book. But anyway, welcome, Emma. You are an incredible incredible mom, six kids, including a three-month-old right now, all your kids under the age of 11. So I want to get started, which is asking you, what was your biggest mom win this week? Oh, that's a great question. And by the way, thank you for having me on. I'm so excited for this chat. It's amazing. Oh, my biggest mom win for the week. Well, I can tell you my biggest failure for the week. Just a couple of minutes before we started this podcast, I got a text message from my three-year-old's teacher at her kindergarten. And it said, hey, mom, can you please cut Piper's fingernails and send in some more underwear? (laughs) Oh, my God. How embarrassing, you know. And that just sort of sums it up, right? I mean, I have six kids. They're under the age of 11. I have noticed her fingernails are probably a little bit too long right now, but she hates having them clipped and I just have not got around to it. So she's going to have to deal with that. Well, I'm going to have to deal with that when she comes home from school this afternoon. I don't know. Wins was hard, right? Before the pandemic and we all went to virtual learning, I promised all my kids, you know, only two more weeks of this, only one more week of virtual learning. Like this is your last Zoom call. I got really, you know, I was trying to motivate them to the finish line. And then we had the summer and learned that school is going to be back online and and virtual. So I had to kind of do a quick 180 with them and say, I'm sorry, I promised you it was going to be over, but you know, it's back on now. But I, I think, I think we're doing pretty well with the, with the homeschooling right now. So I'd say that's one of my biggest wins. We, we kind of found our groove and 
it's not to say it's not challenging. I mean, I have three older girls at home doing homeschooling. So I'm, I'm running from room to room to try and work out Raz kids and Schoology and oh. uh, Seesaw is for us. So we've got Seesaw, we got Seesaw. I was going to ask, what are the ages of your children? Yeah. So they're 11, 9, 7, 5, 3, and three months. So we kind we we kind of did it every two years and purely by accident, you know, it wasn't as if we planned it at all. I mean, I, I if you had met me 20 years ago and asked me how many kids I wanted to have, I would have said, oh, I'm not even sure that having children's for me, you know? I mean, I was so into, I am so into my work. I was an entrepreneur before I was anything else. So it wasn't as if I had this lifelong dream to have this huge family. It just, we had the first, it was a lot of fun. And then we had the second. <laughs> then I think my husband and I are just a little bit reckless. And we, you know, before we know it, there's six there. And, and you know, he he's the one sort of saying to me, should we go for a seventh? And mm. Mm-hmm. Well, by then the older kids are taking care of the younger kids. It all kind of works out right now. All of mine are five and under. So we just started mm. distance kindergarten too. And virtual kindergarten. I honestly, I said, I think I'm going to record a podcast episode that is called like virtual kindergarten is really prison <laughs> for adults because right now I feel like I can't do anything. And mm. even stacking the books on trying to be organized and getting all the like help we can, it is hard. <laughs> Like I can barely do it. I'm not sure how a five-year-old is doing it. You know what? My little guy, he's now five and he did, he was an ETK the year before kindergarten last year. And I just looked at those Zoom calls and there were, you know, 30 kids. They cannot sit still. They're like little wriggling worms on the screen, you know, like no one, they can't hold a foot for more than three seconds. And I'm thinking this is, this is bizarre and it's wrong. Like let them go outside and play. They don't want to sit in front of a screen unless it's a game that they've chosen, right? So I, I was really lucky over the summer. I thought there's no ways I can go back to having four of them doing online learning. So I found a little local kind of preschool for two of them. So two of them are out in an actual physical school and I am high-fiving those teachers every single afternoon. I go pick those kids up because it's just such a blessing for working parents to be able to have some outlet for kids to go to school right now. It's, it's so tough. So I, I take my hat off to you. It's three under five is tricky. Well, and we went the reverse. So during the summer, he got to go back to his preschool and it's an outdoor preschool. So he was able to play and do everything. And then all of a sudden now he's at home behind the computer. And so it's like, we pulled that away from him and I feel so bad. And like my mom guilt sitting in here and it's just, <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Tough. Well, I want to talk a lot about how you got to where you are and just give me a little bit. I know you have six kids kind of give me the dynamic of how the roles work in your household. Even right now, I know it's a unique situation, but what does your husband do? How, how do you kind of balance your home life? Not balance, mm. but yeah. 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 How do we figure it out? It's definitely day by day, but at the moment the roles are Oh gosh, where do you start? So I've always been the primary breadwinner and the full-time worker. I had my first company when I was 18 years old. And so I've been, you know, really a career entrepreneur my whole life. I've never really taken a paycheck from anybody else apart from a casual waitressing job while I was at school. And, And choosing that sort of life makes you get really creative with how you come up with resources, how you come up with plans for your future. You know, when you don't have anyone paying you, you've got to figure out, okay, how am I going to pay my rent or pay my mortgage? How am I going to put food on the table? You know, and as you grow in your business, then you've got to try and work out how do I 
pay people who come into my life and are on my payroll. So you've got to sort of, you know, play a bigger game and open your mind to that. And then as the kids come along, you know, you realize you've got to be able to provide for them. So I've sort of had this pattern in my life of making things a bit more challenging, a little bit more big, if you like. And I've had to come up with solutions of how I'm going to feed that. But in terms of our dynamic, yeah, I, I'm the primary breadwinner. I was worked full-time. I absolutely love working. I see my work as something that gives me energy rather than takes away energy from me. My husband, he flips houses and is a property developer. When the pandemic hit, he couldn't work anymore. So he was kind of around at home and, and he struggled a lot more than I did. I'm I'm a homebody. I'm a Cancerian. I love my home. You know, I don't, I don't need to go out. You know, I've been in my element during the pandemic, just, you know, hanging out with my, my babies and in my home, but he really struggles with that. We have two wonderful au pairs that help out. And the dynamic with that is that one helps out in the morning and then the other one takes over for the afternoon shift and the night shift. And that's a really nice kind of alchemy that happens with them. Often, you know, I'll come down to the kitchen in the morning and it's, they've switched shifts. So, that, you know, they, they're grown ups and they interchange and we're very, very, very grateful for their help. And it's been immeasurably helpful with homeschooling. So that's kind of our dynamic. And, and as you said, it is true what people say when the, when the kids get older, they they can help out a little. I mean, it's it's not like you can leave the other five with the 11 year old and, and go out for a glass of rosé or anything, but you, you can certainly, you know, I'm, I'm on a call, you've got to take the baby and the, the eldest, eldest three can change diapers and that's really, really helpful and they can amuse the little guys. So that's kind of the dynamic of how it's all working right now. Was there ever a point after maybe four kids or so and running your business that you're like, I can't do this anymore? Or has you said it kind of like fuels you, it's it's energy. Was there ever a point where you're like, maybe you should take over a husband or something? I, I don't know. I need a break. Oh, look, I would say that happens on the daily, you know, and if it's not daily, it's certainly a weekly thought that comes into my mind because, you know, anything worth doing is is hard right and building a business and running a family of six kids and and a husband and a dog and three bunnies <laughs> you know it comes with a tremendous amount of sacrifice and commitment and hard work and every single mom out there is nodding her head in agreement right now because it's it's the hardest job we'll ever do to guide these little people and if you choose to work as well that's just an added layer of of stress and i i think What's been beautiful about COVID, and I don't want to minimize the pain and suffering out there because there is there is so much not only just to do with health, you know, our frontline workers all need massive pay rises. So, you know, I don't, I don't want to minimize it at all. But for a lot of people, it has been a beautiful recalibration of what's important and what matters. And so we're certainly having those conversations, you know, how hard do I want to work? Do we want to go on the road, you know, for a year and and kind of just say, screw it, let's, let's get out of here. And the Zoom calls can wait. You know, I got an email from my sister last night and she is from Australia, lives in Australia. And she she's very, very different to me. Like I'm, I'm the sort of person who throws caution to the wind and gives it a try and risks, risks it all. And it does something new all the time, but she's a teacher and she does all the right things. And she's very well behaved and very, very structured. And she's, she told me in an email that they've bought a camper and they're going to travel around Australia for a year because this time has just, again, brought this conversation to the fore of what really matters and what's important to us. So I'm, I'm really excited for anyone who's sitting in that kind of introspection and, and really asking those questions. And, and we certainly are as well. I've seen a lot of people do that actually recently, just on Facebook. Like I sold all my stuff. We bought an RV. We're, yeah. you know, <laughs> going around seeing every national park in the U S or we're doing yeah. whatever that is with their three children in tow because they can homeschool them. And I guess that's the blessing of technology. And again, yeah, I'm not underplaying what's going on, but there mm -hmm. has been a lot of silver linings. You and 
me the same. We both had our kids during quarantine, our newest babies. So I wanted to ask you, how is that going? What does maternity leave for you look like right now? Well, to start with, I've never actually taken maternity leave because for me, work is something that I, I want to do. And again, it, it fuels me and it gives me energy that I can then take into my parenting. So if you took that away from me, I would be a really lousy <laughs> parent, I think. But, but I definitely back off. You know, I, I definitely say no to more things. I definitely do less meetings. I, you know, I, I, I definitely enjoy the fourth trimester with my bub and I really try and be around for the family a little bit more. And the sleep deprivation is, is real, as we all know. So I've been trying to take a nap in the morning and, and just be kind to myself. But yeah, I mean, it was it was beautiful having the little guy during the pandemic. I mean, we we had him on the first day of summer. We had him on June one, and that was right at the height of the protests for mm. Black Lives Matter. And we were very very close to all the protests. So as I was actually physically birthing him, I could hear the helicopters above. And yeah, it was kind of it was a really intense couple of weeks, not only because of the pandemic, but because of that as well. And we have, we have chosen, we've had our, all our babies at home. So we've had six beautiful home births and, and this one was no different. And I chose to live stream the birth actually on Instagram. So over 60,000 people apparently tuned in. <laughs> what inspired you to do that? Why? I, yeah. I mean, I, I love birth. I hand on heart swear on all my kids' lives wish I could birth every single day. I just, I, I know, I know you think so I'm I guess crazy. this explains the six kids because <laughs> yeah. a lot of moms have one kid and they're like, that was the worst experience and <laughs> never again. Like I had yeah. three C-sections. I mean, I wanted to have a natural birth, didn't yeah. go as planned, but I don't know if I could do that more than the three times I already did. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, of course, it's so different for everyone. I'm, I'm just very, very lucky that I'm, I'm a pretty good pregnant person. You know, I, I get a little bit nauseous, but nothing major. And I worked out that I like giving birth. I don't know. That sounds very, very <laughs> strange to a lot of people. But, you know, my, my work with Business Chicks as the founder of Business Chicks is very much all about empowering women. And just I've always felt very, very empowered from my birthing experiences. And by the way, I think you can feel empowered by any birth experience. It doesn't have to be a home birth. It doesn't have to be a C-section. You know, it's like what is powerful to you is different to what is powerful to me, right? For, for me, my birthing experiences have given me so much confidence. They've given me so much power and I've just learned so much about myself and I've always got those experiences to draw upon. And when I was having my fifth baby, I, I wanted to live stream it and everyone around me said, oh, you're absolutely crazy. Do not do that. What if something goes wrong? You know, all these things that, you know, are natural for friends and, and colleagues to ask. But it was, again, a really beautiful, beautiful birth. And I remember thinking afterwards, I wish people could see that this is a possibility for them. I wish I could share that with people. So when I fell pregnant with a six, I, I kind of knew straight away that I wanted to, to share in that. And then the, the pandemic, you know, the timing of the pandemic was kind of beautiful because we're all living online. We've all kind of wrapped our heads around this new technology. We, you know, we are used to watching IGTV. We are used to going on Zoom calls. So that kind of worked. And of course, my family couldn't get to America to, to be here for the birth. So I thought originally that'd be a really nice way for them to experience it. And turned out, obviously I wasn't, I didn't know what was going on at the time when I was in the tub and birthing him, but I, I have rewatched some of the content afterwards and it was just such a supportive and beautiful time. I mean, these comments were coming through like, you can do it and this is amazing. This is, you know, I had difficult births, but this is healing for me. And, and, and just like comment after comment, after comment, after comment. And it really just felt like a really beautiful moment of peace and of, I don't know, grace and just, just a gift that we could experience this together and, and kind of feel like we were part of something that was 
different to what was going on in the world at the time. So I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm really grateful that we got to, to share it. And I think it's beautiful because it also opened up a conversation that it's okay to talk about birth. It's okay to do all these things. A lot of times I think we hide our experiences or we don't talk about it in that way. And to see someone like you, who's a CEO, you know, being very open about that, I think that's extremely empowering. So thank you for doing that, but also (laughs) opening that conversation and saying, it's okay. So Mm. I think a lot of women need to know that they can talk about whatever they need to about the experience. Absolutely. And that that goes for if you haven't had a great experience as well, we should not have any shame about our negative experiences. You know, birth is such a complicated subject and it can bring a lot of shame and negativity for people. And that shouldn't be the case because we never know what we're going to get and we never know <laughs> you know, what, what it's going to pan out. Like we can all go into our births having a plan, but you know, at the end of the day, you've just got to be comfortable with you know, accepting what you're given and doing your absolute best. And that's ultimately what parenting is all about, isn't it? Just trying to be kind to ourselves and, and do our best in every moment. Did you learn anything new with the sixth birth? That's a great question. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, it just solidified for me that, you know, women are so powerful and, and we are so strong and birth can be so safe. So, you know, that birth was, was similar in a lot of ways to the other births I'd had. I suppose the thing I learned the most was patience. You know, I started, I started laboring at eight, eight o'clock at night and I, it all ramped up really quickly. And about one o'clock, in the morning, I thought, let's get in the tub, let's have this baby. And then it all stopped. Like I just came to a screaming halt. Like I was having no contractions. So I'm sitting in this tub for like four hours and thinking, oh my gosh, people are going to want their money back. <laughs> Not that they're paying, but you know, like it must be so boring to watch this poor woman in a tub <laughs> like for four hours and nothing happening. But you know, it was a lesson in patience. It was a lesson in, I thought I was ready to go. And then it turns out I wasn't. So yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's a lesson the universe serves up over and over and over that we're, we're not in control of anything. And you know, you have to be patient at times to allow life to happen rather than you control it. So yeah. I think that's the lesson of 2020 patience right. and surrender. I think right. surrender too. I mean, there's so many, I had a scheduled C-section, but my kids had come early. I have never made it to a scheduled date. And this one got evicted, went to her scheduled date. And every day I was like, I don't know if I can go. I don't know if I can drive. I'm not sure the baby might come today. And yeah. so many times I thought the same, the baby's going to come today. And then Nope, nothing. All right. Here yeah. I am. So 5 a.m. at the hospital, I took a photo going into surgery. Like It's happening. You're I've amazing. never had anything planned, but babies, they do what they want. Yeah, so, yeah. So let's rewind pre-baby Emma to now mom of six Emma. What do you think are maybe the top three biggest differences of you as a mom in business now? than a non-mom in business previously? Like what have you learned along the way from becoming a mom? That's, that's an amazing question. I think, see, I did most things in reverse, right? So I dropped out of uni at a very, very young age. I lasted for like six, six months altogether. I just felt that it wasn't going fast enough for me. And I really wanted to get out and experience the world and get working. And that's how I started my first company when I was 18. So I kind of had 15 years of business experience under my belt before I started becoming a parent. And that's a reverse for a lot of people. You know, their careers really are ramping up when they start their families. But for me, I definitely was able to take a whole bunch of lessons from running my own businesses into parenting. And 
for me, I suppose the lessons are very much around time management. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm immeasurably grateful for the time I had in business because that just affects my parenting so much. And when I talk about time management, it's not just about having systems in place in your household because I am an absolute like ninja when it comes to systems and managing time. And like there is, I mean, you would have read it in the book, you know, I have little stations around the house everywhere, you know, of pairs of scissors and hair detangler and brushes because I've got like four of the girls have long hair so they're forever like brushing out knots and doing hair so so I have stations all around the house for those sort of things you know I have gift wrap on hand all the time I just try and make sure that I'm organized so that the things that I need are around me at any time I think the other thing when it comes to time management is the importance of saying no saying no to most things and so, I'm so sorry, Stephanie. I've just got, I've, I've had my perfect. big girl walk in. Your phone is by my bed upstairs. I, what does my, what does my sign say on my door? Read it to me. Yes, I love you. It says, mom's on a call. Do not enter. <laughs> yes, just- I love you. Yes. <laughs> but she clearly cannot read. It's like, I did that for you. <laughs> uh, but, but this is perfect because the podcast is called mommy's on a call. So it, she timed it just right. <laughs> It's like, how, how more clear can I make this for you all? Just letting you know, this is not getting edited out because this is exactly why I named the podcast this because so many times do we just get interrupted, but you're a mom. This is part of life. You are. And if, if you can't accept that, then yeah, sorry, yeah. you can't be a you're part not my of people. It. You're not yeah. my people. And, and you know what? I think it's, I think it's beautiful as well. I think the gift of 2020 as well has really brought that conversation to the fore, right? Because before we were not locked in our studies on Zoom calls all day and we, you know, we, we, we went to an office and we, you know, of course, a lot of us worked at home, but for a lot of us, we also commuted to an office and we could kind of compartmentalize our parenting and say, that's something I do after I do my work. You know, right now it's like, we do it all at once and, you know, I'm still breastfeeding my little guy. So I'm always on a call with my boobs out. It's like, I'm sorry, if you, if you can't deal with it, then, you know, I mean, this, this is it, this is life. So yeah, I think that's the the other exciting thing about 2020. There's going to be a lot more normalization of things that people just have never had to see before. So I think that's a beautiful thing. Okay. So getting back to time management, I, I think very much about being organized is, is really important. That's a big lesson that I've learned in my parenting. I think also saying no to most things. So, you know, I love what Warren Buffett says about saying no. And he says that successful people, the difference between successful people and really successful people is that really successful people have learned to say no to most everything. And I think that's really a key factor. I think for women, a lot of us, you know, have the disease to please. And we, we certainly want to appear like we have it all together and we have time for everything. And we, we can make it to the play date. We can make it to the party on the weekend. We can make it to the fitness class, which, which I don't. Or volunteer for every single group. Yeah. Yeah. Nonprofit or be a class parent or, or whatever it is, you know? And, and so, you know, I, I'm a huge person and I have the case for saying no, how do you make those decisions? How do you choose what to say yes to and what to say no to? That's a great question. I think it's what's going to give you energy and it's about working to your strengths as well. So I talk about that a little bit in the book, in the in the parenting section. You know, I'm, I'm not a good class parent, you know. I mean, I honestly bow down to anyone who takes on those responsibilities because God knows the world needs those people and they're incredible. But I can contribute to the school community in other ways, but that's not my role. So it's about knowing what you're good at and what you have capacity for and if it's going to give you energy rather than take it away from you. So that's one thing that I've learned. What else? What else would I say is a, 
a big lesson, the saying no, the being organized. I think, you know, we talked about it at the start of this conversation. It's about having really, really great people around you. And whether that's in your business or in your home, you've got to have the right skills and, and people around you. So how that plays out in my business is I look for amazing people. And if it's not working out, I'm slow to hire, quick to fire. And that can be tough for a lot of people. But if someone is upsetting the culture of my business, or if someone isn't fitting in or is making life harder for the other people in my business, you know, that's a tough conversation that we have to have. So I'm a leader that very much, you know, ha- has that focus, has that North Star of we have to have good people in our company. You know, I employ about 40 people in my business and I have a terrific CEO who leads that team. But, you know, I have also perspective to sort of see where the gaps are and and if the culture ever gets off kilter, I'm the first one to jump in and say, hey, we have to we have to course correct here. And I think the same rules go for in, in your home. You know, I mean, I'm an Australian and we moved to LA four and a half years ago and we don't have any parents around, any family support. So there's no way I can do what I do without having the support of amazing people. And, you know, having parented now for 11 years, we've had nannies and babysitters come and go, some that have been with us for three or four years and have given our families so much and we're so grateful for it and they still come back and visit, you know, but on the flip side, you also have people who come into your life and they don't work out, they don't gel for certain reasons. And instead of sort of sitting in resentment and being like, oh, this is not working and I'm not getting what I need, you've, you've got to kind of cut the cord and, and have the conversation early up. And it doesn't mean that you're, you know, a mean person. It doesn't mean that you're cruel. It means that, you know, you, you have to understand your needs and what your family needs. So for me, that's that's been the, the third lesson I'd say is about getting the right people around you and, and never sacrificing on that. I love that. Building your family and building a business are so much in parallel. That's why I think moms make the best entrepreneurs. Oh, 100%. It's like, Preach it. yeah, <laughs> hands yeah. down. So back to a little bit of productivity and time management, are there any sort of tools or apps or systems in your household that you love using that helps? Are you, you know, are you an electronic person? Are you a paper (laughs) and pencil person? Are you a drawing whiteboard? (laughs) What kind of person are you? (laughs) I'm just laughing because we're trying to be quite strict with the little guys' naps and and feed times and everything, just so we can, you know, I I honestly believe the system set you free. And so I get that. And and we always sleep train our babies from about three months on because, you know, I, I need to kind of know, hey, I can do this podcast with Stephanie because I know that the little guy's going to be napping. And of course, it doesn't always work out like that, but we are in quite a, a routine with him, which is really, really nice. But I was having a giggle because my husband set up a Google Sheets and both the au pairs and him are really into it. You know, it shows what time he goes down, what time he got up. And I just don't know. I, mean, I don't know how to use it. <laughs> I mean, I'm, sure, I'm sure I know how to use it. I just can't be bothered using it, you know, so I'm forever just texting someone saying, oh, I just cleaned out 11.30. Can someone please update that? <laughs> but, but I don't really have a clue. But I, look, I, I don't think so. I mean, you know, we, we have systems like, but they're pretty they're pretty analog, you know, like I have a shopping list, like a notepad for that. And, and you know, we all just put that we're out of, I don't know, Parmesan cheese or whatever, and and that kind of works. But yeah, I mean, it's it, it's really for us about communication. And again, this thing I've always run my life with this kind of guiding principle of sitting by myself for a second in silence and going, "Hang on a minute, is this working or is this not working?" It might be we're running out of fruit all the time, right? So, and that's a silly example, but you sit here and you go, "Okay, uh, it's so frustrating that every single morning I have to get up and there's no fruit for the lunch boxes." Okay, how can we make that? How can we improve that? So I'm someone who is constantly looking for evolution and involving the systems and and trying to make life easier for everyone because there's nothing more frustrating 
you know, I see my role as a leader and a parent as removing frustrations for everyone, right? So whether that's the kids or whether it's the people that we have helping us out, uh, my husband, he can fend for himself. <laughs> uh, but, you know, that, that that's really the role of someone is to, is, who, who leads a household is to try and, yeah, remove the frustrations and ro- roadblocks that make life stressful. And there's hundreds of them there in the everyday. So, yeah. So you were talking also about energy, like what fuels you, what kind of builds up your energy, what drains it. So a couple of questions. What does the first 20 minutes of your day look like? I know things are different now, but you, you kind of have had babies or newborns around a lot. So what does the first 20 minutes of your day look like? And then how do you find time in your day to, or do you find time in your day to refuel yourself? And what does that look like? Yeah. Awesome. So right now with a baby, the first 20 minutes looks like getting him up and doing the first feed of the day. If I didn't have a baby, I'd either reach for my phone, which I know is the wrong thing to probably do, but I I do trade shares in the morning. So that's one of the first things I do. I I check my shares. I don't go on social media in the morning. I, I try and make that time more about being inward rather than outward. But I also keep a journal right by my bed. So on a good day, I'll make sure I just write down a few things I'm grateful for. Um, And it could literally take three minutes and often does. But that's about it. Like I never really get 20 minutes to myself. There's always a a kid in the bed or on the sofa by the bed or on the floor or, you know, knocking on the door to get in. So it's, it's generally with the family. My morning ritual, I'm I cannot focus or talk to anyone without a coffee. <laughs> that just has to happen, right? And I'm just a one coffee a day person, but that's that's the first thing I go to is in in, in the morning is is a coffee. And in terms of energy and, and getting more of it, I know for me, I'm an introvert masquerading as an extrovert. You know, I have a very public role in that I have, you know, our business runs huge events for like two thousand people where we get Sarah Jessica Parker or Ariana Huffington or Dr. Brene Brown or Gloria Steinem or Richard Branson to come speak. So we bring 2000 women in a room, you know, I have to get up and introduce and kind of host it. You know, the music's blaring. It's, it's super fun. But then like, I just have to, ret- I can do that for two hours and I have to retreat and be by myself and a book, you know? So I'm, I'm an introvert in an extrovert's role. So for me, I get energy by being by myself. And I know that sounds funny. That's when how you- introverts though do get their energy. I know for me, I, I would literally, I'm actually sad that indoor malls are closed, outdoor malls too, but I get energy from walking by myself. Like, I mm-hmm. guess I could be by the beach, which is prettier since it's nearby. But for some reason, I love walking around malls. Oh, it's <laughs> great. I mean, listen, if you, if you gave me 20 minutes to myself, like I would be at Target. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> like aimlessly by walking myself. around Target. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I might not buy anything, but it's just it's just to be in your own head by yourself, walking around. No one's tugging at your skirt. No one's asking a question. No one's, no one's touching you. Yeah, no it's the touching. I don't know what it is, but I feel like every kid has to touch you. Like you'll be sitting there and I'm like, that pinky's on me. Why is your toe on me? Like, it's endearing, but it's also like, I'm a personal space person. (laughs) So I'm like, I I need my bubble. (laughs) I love it. That's so great. (laughs) I love it. And so, so you find, do you, I guess, do you schedule time for yourself or do you like, if it pops up or do you even get that chance in a day? I do not. I do not schedule it. And there are often times, often days when it won't happen. I mean, I'm lucky in that I can, when it works, I can lock myself in my study and work for an hour. And and that to me is energizing, right? It's time alone. It's time moving the game forward in my business. And, and so again, I suppose it's about that mindset shift, you know, for me, 
work is something I do because I, I love it. And, uh, you know, I'm very grateful for that because I appreciate it so, that way for everybody. But so, so working is actually my, my escape and my me time, you know, and then it's certainly, I can't plan my day like that. I can't plan my week, you know, oh, this is mommy's time from five till six. It just never going to, it's never going to work like that. But, you know, the occasional target run, the occasional walk around the block, I talk about in the book, sometimes I just say to my husband, put them all in the car and drive around the block for five minutes. And then you can come back, you know, and I would just sit on the edge of the bed and maybe have five deep breaths and a little cry. And then by the time five minutes has passed and they're back, I love them again. It's just about knowing, you know, before I had kids, I would take myself off to a health retreat for seven days and it all seems very, very self-indulgent now. I, I just cannot do that right now, you know, and I will be able to do that in another, I don't know, 20 years time. But right now it's about taking the chances and it's about not being resentful for my situation because I chose this and it's it's mostly beautiful. It's of course exactly what you'd expect. It's chaotic and crazy, but you know, I chose this, I designed it this way. And so I'm not going to sit in resentment for it. I love that. I think you said in the book, I chose this. So it's impossible for me to play victim. Mm. So that was, I think a line that I that really resonated because so many moms talk about mom guilt. Mm. And I'm always like, well, if you feel guilty and you really aren't passionate about it, then why are you doing it? Mm. Like if you chose it, you made that decision. It's kind of like what we tell our children. You made that choice. So now you have to live with it. You decided Uh to go to school without your jacket. Now you're cold. Now maybe next time you'll change. And so I know that's a very general thing for mom guilt, but same thing. Like if you are choosing to do it, then don't dwell on like, oh, I shouldn't be doing it because you Mm. obviously wanted to. Yeah. I love that. I love it. And I think also something that's helped me a lot and it's, it's kind of predictable, but it is about being completely grateful and and trying to be grateful in every moment. And I love that line that says it's impossible to be stressed and blessed at the same time. Right. So like if you're completely out of your mind with stress, it's about getting back to, okay, hang on a minute. What am I grateful for? You know, for me, my gratitude is six very healthy kids. For me, gratitude is a, a, a roof over our heads. And when you start to, you know, list what you're actually thankful for, the stress does dissipate. You know, I, I know it sounds very simple, but it actually is a beautiful practice to, to get back to. And, you know, we were dealt a pretty big lesson when our oldest child was four, you know, she was diagnosed with cancer and there's nothing like going through a cancer diagnosis and a cancer treatment to, to make you understand what's important and to, to give you gratitude, you know? So we always have that experience to, to draw upon. And it's something that, you know, I think about every single day and, you know, even though it was really, really hard, it was a gift to our family. And, you know, it's now so the kids running around, if they drive me crazy, I'm like, you know, aren't we lucky that we have six healthy kids now? And, you know, I'll, I'll never forget that. I love that. The positive shift in the mindset. So with six kids running around, how do you spend, how do you get time with your husband or you know, <laughs> what do you do to, to foster that relationship? Oh, uh, we, we don't, we do, we don't really. I mean, we we, we do go out for dinner every now and then we, we do, we, we have a session with our coach every two weeks, which is a great chance to just spend an hour talking about what's going on. You know, he, he's really good. He'll be like, let's take the baby and go for a walk around the block that he does that better than I do that. But yeah, we're, we're not really good at it. You know, we, we sort of often ships in the night. We often look at each other like, oh, I haven't had a conversation with you in three days, <laughs> but I'm lucky. He's a really fun, he's a really fun guy. And, you know, he'll, he does his best to try and bring me into being more in the moment, like even just 
the other weekend, everyone was in the pool and I came downstairs after doing a media interview and he just picked me up and threw me in the pool completely clothed and we... <laughs> You know, and we we were all in the pool for a good half an hour afterwards, and and that was really beautiful. The kids were really, oh, mom, you're in your t-shirt, and you know, you're all dressed, and they just loved it. So, so he's really, really good at bringing lightness into our life, you know, and and trying to have me have more fun. But we we're not really scheduled people like that. We honestly just try and be as calm as we can and like your book wing it yeah we're just wing it baby that's what we're doing and you know we I think we also get that we've been married for 12 years now I think we get that this is a moment in time you know this is high contact sport right now this parenting thing and you know in 20 plus years will emerge from this, you know, and please God, our relationship will still be intact and we'll be able to get back to investing in each other. But but right now it takes all of our focus and energy. And yeah, I think it's, it's about being easy on yourself, you know, not having expectations, you know, and it's also about not looking outward and, and comparing and despairing, right? So I might look at you and your partner and think, oh, I don't do what they do and I'm not good enough and I'm doing it wrong. And it's like, you know, that works for you doesn't mean it works for us. So I'm not going to compare myself to, to you. So I think that's been some of the ways that we've remained married, (laughs) I guess. You know, we're not divorced yet. (laughs) Oh, dear. Well, thank you so much for all of this. I I actually want to ask kind of a couple like wrap-up questions. Um, So what do you think your mom's superpower is that makes you a better mom in business? So something, a power that you acquired once you gave birth to your first kid, like now you're mommy. Did you gain a superpower? And if so, what is it? Yeah, my superpower was is remaining calm in every situation. So being able to take a deep breath and saying, this too shall pass. We just need to get through this. So I've really practiced over the years being calm in every single situation. I think that's a really great skill that you can have. You know, I talk about it in the book as well. It's about being pragmatic, not dramatic. You know, when something doesn't go our way, I don't kind of have a toddler tantrum. It's like, okay, great. So that didn't work. What are we going to do about it? So I'm very much a solutions person. I'm very much an action person. So I think, I think that that would be what I'd say. I'm a pretty calm, <laughs> easygoing person. It's the Aussie in me where most Aussies are pretty, pretty chill. <laughs> they are. I love Australians. So it's, I'm, I'm glad to hear it from you. And I love Australian accents too. I feel like <laughs> just the accent makes you feel more calm or just makes you like happier and smile. It's, Aww, I don't that's know. Nice. it's something about it. It's just very calming. Oh, that's uh, nice. And then what would be your number one survival tip for any working moms or mom entrepreneurs right now to survive during this time? I mean, it's hard. Like we're stuck mm. at home or, you mm. know, all this. What is your survival tip for a working mom right now? Wine. <laughs> I know. I can't say that. But listen, I don't know about all of you guys that are listening in, but I, I am finding myself getting to five o'clock most days and wanting to have a glass of wine. I'm, I'm not a big drinker at all, but it just is getting me through right now. Oh gosh, what would I say? I, th- I think it's, it's really just about having an understanding that this is again, a moment in time, you know, it's, it's just here for the moment. It's what, what can we learn from it? You know, that's what I'm trying to ask myself as I walk around the house and try and get everything done that I need to do on a daily basis. It's like, what is this here to teach us? You know, what, what can we draw from this time and how is life going to be different when we're allowed to have play dates and visit our friends and go to school who, who knew and, and get back to life as normal? You know, I don't want this time to pass without people really sitting in that contemplation about how they want life to look and how it needs to be different moving forward. So 
yeah, I think I'd say that. Well, thank you so much. So where can we find you online? Sure. Easy. My company is called Business Chicks. So we're on all the social channels. I'm at emmaisaacs.com. So, and a good old Google search will bring up a lot of stuff as well. (laughs) And are you doing any virtual events or anything for anyone in the US or is it primarily in Australia? I know you do your big event in Australia and I would love to fly there one day and go. Okay, great. That's the goal. Let's put it, let's put it on the vision board. Let's do it together. I would love to. I've never been to Australia. I've only been to New Zealand. So it's on my list of places I would love to go. So one day. You got got really, really close. So yeah, we'll have to hold you to that. Yeah, we are running digital events for our US members as well. So yeah, check out the businesschicks.com website. We just have Gloria Steinem last week. She was amazing. No big um, deal. No big deal. No big <laughs> no. deal. Jay Shetty is amazing as well. Yes. We've, we've had a ton. So yeah, please check out businesschicks.com. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your day. And you guys check out Winging It also, because it's, it's a great book for all moms out there. Thank you so much for your time, Stephanie. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Mommy's on a Call. Your support means the absolute world to me. You can find the show notes for this episode and other goodies over at mommiesonacall.com. And if you enjoyed this episode or have gotten value from the podcast, I would be so grateful if you could head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review so that we can reach and empower more moms all over the world together. Thank you so much again, Mommy Pod, and I will see you here next time.